That same day, Jesus went out from the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. The birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given, to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Uh, well, Hannah's just read for us, uh, so we're going to look together at Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 23. Uh, I'm reliably informed by Google uh, that there are four different types of listeners, and uh, I, I didn't go to all the trouble of working out what they were. Uh, but they are um, active listeners, passive listeners, non-listed listeners, not sure what that is, and evaluative listeners. And uh, I guess if I wanted to find out what they were, I could ask Nina. Uh, she could tell me certainly a bit about each of those uh, and tell me which one I am. Uh, but it is interesting, isn't it? Uh, which list, what type of listener are you? And it's interesting that we're going to hear Jesus talk about four different uh, types of listening uh, in his parable. There are four kinds, but actually, really, we're going to see that there's just two. And um, so in terms of what we hear uh, from, from him and what effect it has, really, there's just two different types of listening. There's those who hear and understand uh, which is in verse 23, the good soil. And there are those who hear and do not understand, which is verse 19, 
Uh, so we're going to look at that passage together. Let me pray for our time together. Father God, this is your word. Uh, thank you for it. Please, would you reveal to our hearts today as we hear from you uh, by your spirit. Amen. Well, what we're going to see in this part of Matthew uh, is that there is a sorting process as Jesus speaks. There is a sorting process as Jesus speaks. This chapter, chapter 13, contains seven parables that have been intentionally grouped together. Seven parables. Jesus is teaching about the nature of his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. We'll see that this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And how that kingdom spreads. Matthew's arrangement actually brings out the only two diverging responses to Jesus and his teaching. As he speaks. You'd have picked up as we read, as Hannah read, the constant mention of hearing, seeing and understanding. They came up again and again, didn't they? Hearing, seeing and understanding and they're linked. The major theme is how people respond to Jesus and his teaching. It's all about what they hear. That's why at the end of the first parable in verse 9, if you want to look at that, Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. As he later gives its explanation to his disciples in verse 18, he says, hear then the parable of the sower. And Jesus is saying many will hear him, but few or some will understand. Many will hear, but only some will be given understanding. Uh, these two responses, uh, the understanding and hearing and just hearing, are confirmed the further you go into the chapter. They're actually there in Jesus' explanation of four soils, but they're also showcased in the, pe exact, in the actual people that Jesus is speaking to right before him. Let me show you how Matthew draws this out as the chapter goes on. So in verse 2, if you look at that, it is Jesus and the great crowds gathered who hear the first three parables. The first two parables are longer and they're explained, but only when the disciples ask for their meaning and it's only given to them. That's interesting. And halfway through the chapter in verse 36... Uh, after the first set of three parables, Jesus leaves the crowd. He left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him. So Jesus uh, and the disciples are the only ones who are present uh, to, to, for those final three parables. So that's the way it works throughout the chapter. There is a selection process going on. And it's surprising because it's Jesus' own mode of teaching that of parables that does the sorting. There is a sorting now as Jesus speaks. Because we often assume, don't we, that Jesus' uh, pictures are illustrations to make things easier for people to understand. But actually it's the opposite. Without him explaining them, they're really not able to understand. And we'll think more about that. Because parables are not as they first seem. Uh, like this brown parcel, their appearance is just so everyday. 
an agricultural scene is hardly eye-catching. It's just brown, isn't it? And yet the deeper meaning, what's inside, uh, is at, what it conceals even is actually explosive. The power of it is just going to change people. And the message they carry is, is, is big, it's huge. And so one way or another, the, these parables are going to drive us to a response. One of those two responses. Some will pick up the brown parcel and they'll see uh, nothing of any real value in them. And they'll put, put it down. Uh, some will, uh, out of intrigue, want to find out what they're about, what to want, want to understand for themselves, what they mean for them, and they'll be drawn in to Jesus. So we've seen, haven't we, that those two responses were present in the hearts of the crowd who heard Jesus teach that day from the boat, and these two re responses are present every time the word of God is preached or proclaimed. So as we hear Jesus today, the question is, what will our response be? Will it draw us to him to know more? Or will it simply reveal our unresponsive hearts and harden us further? We're going to look at these two things. So the parables, they conceal, parables conceal and they reveal. So let's look at parables concealing. Uh, and we see that in verses 13 onwards. The disciples have just asked Jesus, Jesus, why do you speak in parables in verse 10? And he says in verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says you will indeed hear but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive, for this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Parables conceal. Mar Matthew here characteristically inserts one of his Old Testament quotations. We've seen that before. It's actually the one of two in this chapter, and we'll look at the other one in a moment. But this one is from, Jesus quotes from Isaiah 6, which speaks about the hardness of heart of God's people. He'd been patient with them over time for many, many years and called them to repentance. But uh, And they, they even professed that they had repented, but their hearts were unchanged. And their stubbornness and their pride had constantly got in the way of them truly turning to him. Uh, so, so for them, we're going to see that first, at the hardness of heart uh, of the people, uh, he, Isaiah was told that his own ministry here in Isaiah 6, at the start of, before he's given the prophecies to Israel, uh, he was told that his ministry of truth, a declaration, would actually bring judgment on a people whose hearts were hardened and their ears were heavy. That's the description. 
And Jesus is saying that his own words will actually be a judgment and will confirm some people in their rebellion as those who have refused to respond to him. So, so that is actually what these parables will do. They will conceal people from the truth. They will keep them away from it uh, because of their hardness of heart. That might be surprising, but it's also true that parables reveal. Uh, that's the second of Matthew's quotations. It's there in verses 35 and 36. Kenny, would you mind reading us that for us? You'll have to unmute yourself, but would you mind reading 35 and 36? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so verse 35 and verse 36 says this. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Great, thank you. Uh, so that quotation uh, is from Psalm 78. And uh, it's a psalm all about uh, Israel making a, uh, a sort of declaration that they will teach these things that God has done to their children. They will pass on uh, the truth and reveal, take, take things that were hidden from their children and reveal them to them. So this psalm is all about, uh, you can see, uttering what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. I will open my mouth in parables. So, so parables will conceal but they'll also reveal God to people. They will reveal the truth and draw people in. And we heard this, didn't we, in Jesus' prayer back in chapter 11. He said this to the disciples. He prayed, it was the Father's will to hide it from, from them and yet reveal it to you, the disciples. So Jesus is saying it's the Father's will to hide it from some and to reveal it to others. And here when the disciples ask Jesus why he uses parables, he says the same thing in verse 11. He says this, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. If you look down in verse 16, after Jesus has spoken of hardness of heart, he says that their eyes are blessed, favoured, because they've been given sight. So understanding, see, really seeing uh, when Jesus is there and hearing what he has to say is something that's given. Uh, it's not something that's earned, uh, but it has been given to them. Parables will conceal, um, that's God's prerogative, he can do that, and yet also he, he chooses to reveal himself. Um, so both is happening at the same time. Uh, understanding is clearly the big difference. Let me show you. Uh, in the parable, uh, every soil hears. Each of the soils, they hear, don't they? Yeah? There's not a single soil that doesn't. And yet the big difference between, between them is the understanding that comes with it. 
So when Jesus speaks, do people actually get what he's talking about? And do they want to know? And understanding isn't just a thing about intelligence. It's about a decision, isn't it? It's whether I want to. Um, and so it requires our, our, our will. Um, so you look at the hard ground in verses 19 and it says of it that it's someone who hears the word and does not understand. And yet of the ground that is good soil in verses 23 is the one who hears and understands. So understanding is really the, the big difference. And it's what has to be given in order for it to happen. And because God is beginning to reveal it to the disciples, they're beginning to see. And so with what they think they've heard from him, they return to him. We see that, don't we? Their request, they go back to him. Jesus, explain this to us. We, we don't know what it means. What does it mean? Their request is for more light, more illumination. For understanding what Jesus has just said. Because you can't separate the man from the message. If you want understanding, Jesus is the only place you'll find it. And it's a, a choice, isn't it? To go to return to him, to go back to him and say, please reveal it to me. It's actually a humble thing to do. Uh, but he has to do that in you first. Uh, if you look at verse 12, I think it sums it up really well. Verse 12 says, for to the one who has, more will be given, but, and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. It's quite straightforward, really. The disciples were those who went to Jesus. And he explained it to them. But the proud and the hard-hearted, which we often are, would never do that. And so he first has to soften their hearts. If you uh, Just to convince you that um, it's understanding that is the big difference. Uh, if you look at verse 51, uh, this is actually the, what Jesus says directly after he finishes his final seventh parable in this chapter what does he say he says what's his question have you understood you all, these all these things have you understood all these things and they say yes we have see listening and keeping listening to jesus isn't just our minds working it's not about um having clever thoughts listening and keeping listening to jesus is about the heart and the submission to him in our lives it's not just hearing and thinking at the time it's who will I listen to about how I'm going to live and the truth is we have made that decision already who will I listen to about how I'm going to live well we're listening to all the time aren't we to other people you know the films we watch, uh, the things we listen to, uh, the kind of things we, we will tune in for, 
And so we are listening. We are saying those are the ones I will listen to about how I live. And the big difference is that those who hear Jesus will switch off those other voices and say his voice, he is the one who has the right to teach me how to live. And I'm going to respond to him because his word is true. And he is, he's the one in charge. Trust him to lead you through life. Keep listening to him and submitting to what he says. Uh, well, what does this mean uh, for, for you this week? Uh, it means that there is a sorting as Jesus speaks, isn't there? We've clearly seen that. So Jesus' words will, will both conceal and hide people from the truth, or it will reveal it to them. And what one of those two things is always going to be happening. You may have been hearing God's word for your whole life, or maybe just today. It's always a surprise the first time we realise that we're never neutral in our hearing. We're coming with hearts that are hard, <laughs> that don't want to be told, that don't want to listen. And unless God opens us to the truth we're being presented with, we'll always reject it. Each time this happens, in fact, our hearts will keep hardening towards him. That's the scary thought, isn't it? If I will not listen today, there's no guarantee that I'll listen down, you know, just down the line. In fact, it might even be less likely that I will. Uh, and the danger is we can hear, can't we, and think that we're listening. But unless God's word draws us to Jesus, to him, we haven't really understood it. Unless God's word draws us to, to go to Jesus, to run to him, I don't think we've really understood it. Uh, we still have hearts that are unwilling to submit to him. And so what we think we have will be quickly taken away. You hear people, don't you, say, um, oh, yeah, I did hear something in Sunday school once. But there's no real recollect re recollection of it. What they, ha what they have will be quickly taken away. And if we choose to reject Jesus, his parables will block us. Unless the Father reveals Jesus to us, we'll be unable to see past the brown package. Why not let this challenging truth humble you? <laughs> Why not ask even now, even today, that these would not be means of God's punishment, but rather a way in which he'll penetrate your hard heart? Why don't we ask for that? Why not in prayer ask that this wouldn't be a week where God's word bounces off you and has no real impact? The way to receive more light we've seen is to receive the light that's already been given. The disciples were doing that. To respond to the light you've already been given. Ask that God would humble you now to go to Jesus with what you've heard right now, seeking his help to understand. And keep asking that. Because as we go through this chapter, lots of the parables ahead end with strong words. Let's have a look at some of them. Let's look at um, verse 42. Let's look, read verse 41 and 42. The Son of Man will send his angels 
and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them in the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These end with strong words and about what it will be like under God's judgment and it will be a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Pray that these words challenge and change you and are not, and are not the conclusion about you. <laughs> Pray that they would be for you a precious invitation to life and not a sentence of death. Well, maybe you're, you're someone in whom this uh, light is, is starting to open your eyes. We, we do get hung up on the question, don't we? What, why is this gift of salvation being given to me, but not to that person, so-and-so? And we'll never quite know the answer, except to say it was God's will to do it. And that should humble you and grow in you a deep gratitude. And it will do something else as well. If you have a look at verses 51 to 52... This is where we're headed in this chapter. When the disciples say that they've understood, what does Jesus say? He says, every, uh, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. What does that mean? Well, Jesus is a teacher. And every scribe under him has, who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is going to bring out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Basically, they're going to take the truth in the Bible and present it new to the new generation. They're going to take what they've understood and they're going to present it in a new way. Just so it appears new to, to people. It's the old thing. It's not changed. The gospel stays the same, but they're going to present it new to other people. They pass it on to others. And this is this is where it's headed, because you might be surprised to hear that all followers of Jesus are teachers, not just the pastors. This will equip them, this, this knowledge that God is sovereign and will save and will harden others, will actually equip them to hold out their life giving Lord to to everyone. To scatter the seed, to throw it far and wide. Because the work of salvation depends on God and not us. We can liberally spread that seed, scatter it, and we must, but the advance of the kingdom in the hearts of the people who hear it, that's entirely his doing. Uh, we'll have the chance to think through this together, what it might look like for our week, even in lockdown. Uh, so it would be good to pray that for each other. And, uh, and to think through together what we might, uh, how we might live out uh, God's calling as a teacher of his kingdom. Uh, but one of the ways we do that is that we go out usually to households and streets and people around Dagenham with a plan to explain just how important Jesus is, to urge them not to, to reject him, but to listen to him. And it's exciting, isn't it? Because if you look at the um, at the last few words uh, of this section, let me read verse 23. 
It says, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty and in another thirty. So though uh, the seed, when it's being rejected, when it's scattered, uh, when people hear it and don't understand it, when people hear it and sort of show some interest and then uh, sideline it, all of that looks disappointing, but the kingdom of God is growing rapidly as each person uh, that he has called, who hears the word and understands it, multiplies by spreading the good news to other people. The disciples who are called and then sent out to make disciples. So this is, uh, this is a wonderful uh, encouragement to us. Uh, that God is building his kingdom. Let me pray. Uh, I'll give you a moment to pray by yourself, uh, just for a minute, and then we'll probably pray this, the, the prayer on the screen and I'm going to put it up for us to, to pray. Father God, we need what you say, and yet we recognise that it would be so easy to hear it and look elsewhere for how we live. Please give us soft hearts that want to obey you, those who will humbly keep listening to you and take what we've heard to others. Amen.